Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Anne-Marie Kanata-McEwen here. Today is Sunday, September the 16th, 2018, 8 p.m., your weekend dose of happy. And uh, we're off to a great start uh, for the week because it's been such a good weekend at my end. How about yours? How are you doing, Anne-Marie? I'm doing great. Thanks, Walt. And thanks for having me on. I really appreciate this time we get to chat together. So thanks. Oh, yeah. Me too. I love doing this. This is this. I'm addicted to this. I don't know if I told you that before, but, but, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I've heard it. The, the, the only good, the only really, really good thing about being addicted to it is that there is no unpleasant withdrawal, you know, but otherwise it's all the same symptoms. So. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. And I'm loving having you on. So thank you for, for joining us. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this has been a great weekend, and, and it's a good way to kind of, you know, get zoomed up for the week because uh, we talk about this on Mondays too, but uh, Mondays are the days where people start to, so they start the week usually in a low space, you know, and we are always trying to get people into a high space, but nothing like having a great weekend to get yourself ready for a high Monday, don't you think? That's right. That's right. Well, I feel like if you have a really great weekend, you feel satisfied and you feel like you can conquer the world and you feel refreshed and revitalized and you're like, okay, what do I have to do now? And then you go, oh, okay, I have to go to work. Well, I can handle that now because I just had a great weekend, you know? Absolutely. So, of course, I love my work. So <laughs> I love my work. So it's easy for me. Although Monday mornings are, you know, I, I'm doing press releases and things like that, which is not nearly as much fun as uh, actually being at the shows or, um, talking with musicians or things like that. But, mm, yeah. but uh, I, I think it's a, it's a great way to get your money going. Absolutely. You mentioned to me before the show that you had a particularly great weekend. The way you said it, it sounded like it was like one of the best ones of the summer or something like that. <laughs> well, it was, it, I got to say, it was a really great weekend. I, I didn't really know how it was going to turn out, but it just turned out really great. And um, Saturday was, well, well, Friday night we had a fabulous concert. Well, actually, this weekend we had, um, we actually had a fabulous show on Thursday night. And usually at the Buttonwood Tree, we don't have, uh, for those people who are listening for the first time, the Buttonwood Tree is the place where I work. We're a nonprofit performing arts center and we have concerts every weekend and all kinds of classes and stuff. And you can go there at buttonwood.org. So anyway, Thursday night we had this wonderful show with, um, with a friend of mine who works at It's Only Natural the grocery store, the market, right next door to the buttonwood tree. And I've been talking to her, you know, I, she knows I run the buttonwood tree and, and she says, well, you know, I, I, I sing, I, I go down to New York city a lot and sing. And I said, really, you sing in New York city? Well, come sing at the buttonwood tree. <laughs> and I've been asking her for like three years, literally for three years to wow. come to the buttonwood tree and sing. So finally she said she would do it. And Thursday night was her show. And it was, the room was filled with her family and friends, and she did a fabulous job. And it was just such a heartwarming, wonderful event. I mean, it was just—it just makes you feel so good, you know, to see her singing and all her friends there that knew that she's a singer but hadn't had never heard her sing before. And what kind so of music does she do? It was a really special night. Well, actually, you know, it's unusual. People usually sing. Uh, singer songwriters, they usually have like, um, like a folky kind of, um, uh, feel to them. Mm -hmm. But she was definitely more blues and jazz. Oh, really? On a, even on a guitar. Yeah. And she had a, a drummer, Scott Kessel, who is a, a wonderful drummer, very intuitive and very soft. And he has a lot of nuance with his, with his techniques. And he was just fit in with her. And accented her really beautifully. So it was, it was just a great night. And she was a, a wonderful singer and she told stories. And it was just one of those great nights at the Butler Tree where it was just really, um, you know, fresh and new. And you, you, you just didn't know what to expect. And yet it just was wonderful. And so everybody was just talking about it. You know, even for days later, I would go over to the store and everybody's still talking about it. It was just <laughs> that good, you know. That's And fabulous. then Friday night, we had one of those jazz bands who has played at the Buttonwood Tree since 2011. Mm -hmm. And these guys, now this is like the other end of it where they have been professionals for like 26 years. They've played at the White House for President Obama, President mm -hmm. Clinton. They played Carnegie Hall. They played Kennedy Center all over the world. And they are just top notch. Wow. So the room was packed. The energy was high. Everybody was just in the groove, 
yelling and whooping it up and it was just fabulous these guys play like straight ahead jazz they're all you know originals and some brubeck tunes and um some garaldi tunes and oh it's just amazing it's just so so that's a prelude to my weekend that's the prelude oh my goodness <laughs> that's, that was a prelude that's what i'm talking about i was like wow you know and so then saturday morning i woke up real early because the buttonwood tree was hosting a tag sale and uh that was different for us we don't usually do tag sales but i've been accumulating all this stuff and my mother was downsizing and my sister-in-law is downsizing so i just said all right let's just bring it over here we'll sell it so that was really fun uh i had some really good people helping me from my church and uh some youngsters were helping out and some people from the street were helping out some of my buds and so everybody was helping and everybody was buying and it was just a great time and uh then that led right into teen open mic which is always interesting at the Buttonwood because you never know who's going to show up and, mm. and get to watch these teens developing their self-confidence and looking at each other while they sing to sort of encourage each other. <laughs> and it's, it's just great to see these teenagers doing this and having this platform is really good for them. So it makes me feel really good when yeah. I can see this happening. Oh yeah. Well, actually, you're so taking was... me back. You're taking me back to my childhood because when I was a teen, I mean, we didn't really have a buttonwood tree, but we had coffee houses and things like that. And I did the same kind of thing. I mean, I, I played guitar. There was a buddy that I, I did most of my playing with, and and uh, we did quite a bit of that. And it's exactly like you described. You're constantly checking with each other. Are we in key? How do we sound? How's the audience reacting? <laughs> you know, it's all that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So it's great to watch, and it's a it's a relatively new program, so it's still developing, and it's just it's great to see things um, happening and developing. You know, that's one of the, my the fun things that I get to see is I get to watch programs develop, but I get to watch people develop over the course of time, and mm. it's just so satisfying for me. Very rewarding. Yeah. So that was, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and that was Saturday afternoon. And then. <laughs> You're still not done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not done. <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> uh, Saturday night. So normally I work on a Saturday night. However, um, there's a gentleman by the name of Neely Bruce, who is a fabulous composer and pianist, uh, at Wesleyan University. And I saw earlier this week that he was doing a, presenting a new piece that he had composed and I it just sounded wonderful it had 13 pieces in it and I just said you know I, I need to go see that so I asked my buddy Bob Dutcher if he could cover the button tree for me and Mike and I my husband and I we went over to Wesleyan University uh, oh before that well we had dinner at Lan Chi restaurant which is a Vietnamese restaurant right down from Buttonwood tree we should go there sometimes you like Vietnamese restaurants we haven't had Vietnamese. Vietnamese. Louise and I have eaten. It's been a while since we've had some, but we have enjoyed it. It's it's usually you know very mild and, and very pleasant. Yeah, well, they do a great job there. I'm always pleased and nice people. It's a family owned restaurant, and they're just wonderful people, and the food's always good. So we had a great dinner. Ran into some old friends, and then we went to Wesleyan, and the music was just beautiful. I really enjoyed it. Saw a lot of people there we knew. So I got to reconnect and, you know, be out on date night, which is unusual for a Saturday night, but <laughs> that was great. Yeah, fantastic. And today, yeah, I'm telling you, it was really one of those those A-plus weekends. I just a little bit of everything, you know. And what, what were you going to so, say about today? And Sunday morning, I got up and I sang in my church choir. First time we sang, I sang in church since the summertime. So I'm off for the summer. This is my first weekend back. So got to see all my church buds again. And uh, then uh, what did I do after that? Oh, I went to the buttonwood tree because the artist who is showing her work this month had some friends who wanted to come over at noon and she couldn't be there to show them around. So she asked if I would. So I said, sure. So I went to the buttonwood tree showed these people her artwork, and they bought a piece. Yay! Fantastic. You're saying laughter, yoga. Very good. Very good. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) 
So that was great. And then I drove to Glastonbury to pick up my granddaughter. And she was at the church, her, my parents' church fair. So she was all, had, she was all having fun. She had butterfly painted on her face. So she loves <laughs> to get her face painted. You know, she's four years old. So uh. she was all in her glory. Threw her in the car, drove back to Middletown, picked up Mike, and we drove down to Old Saybrook, where we went to Pasta Vita. Have you ever been to Pasta Vita? Well, I can tell what it is, but no, I never have. <laughs> it's a kind of like one of those gourmet-to-go places. They make uh, raviolis and all kinds of dinners, really delicious dinners to go. So everything is either frozen or refrigerated. And uh, in the morning, Mike and I listened to – well, actually, you know, I used to listen to him all the time, to be honest. Now I, I – I, have to go back and forth because a lot of times I'm listening to your podcast in the morning from eight to nine. Great. Thank you. And I used to, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I used to, <laughs> I, but I used to, we always used to listen to WMRD in the morning because they have this trivia contest on. So I kind of pop it back and forth now, but the trivia contest, uh, if you win the trivia contest, you win free raviolis from Pasta Vita. Ah, so okay. we went, we, got our free raviolis and then we went to the beach and we got to swim in the beach. I mean, it wasn't the ocean, but it was beach enough. It was sandy and we got to romp around and play. And so that was great. And then we went to Lenny and Joe's seafood for dinner and ice cream with my granddaughter and just being with her is just so joyful and so fun. So it was just a great weekend, and now I get to talk to you. So, I mean, I just feel like the luckiest girl in the world a lot of times, like now. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, especially since the, the, the last part of what you described there is a classic New England weekend, you know, going down to the shoreline, you know, getting your favorite place, you know, hang out on the beach for a little bit. That's definite New England, you know, making sure you have the, the seafood yeah. in there. you got to have the seafood in there. Otherwise, it's not an official you gotta weekend. you got to have seafood, but... <laughs> yep. Yep. And can... Lenny and Joe's, they did a good job, so... Yeah. And as they usually do. We, we kind of did the same thing, except we went to Rhode Island yesterday um, and ended up, first of all, we, we met with some friends of Louise's. Uh, uh, the woman is somebody that Louise went to junior high school with, and they're still friends all these years later. And uh, nice. met, met with her and her husband and uh, had a really, really great time. I mean, just just had a, a fun discussion. Um, he's dealing with some health problems, but uh, he was looking great. And you know, it was just like a big pick-me-up for everybody. Because we're laughing and yeah. we're joking and we're feeling good, focusing on positives. I mean, I've, I felt like we're all like doing deliberate creation, even that wasn't that wasn't the purpose of the meeting. It wasn't like we we're there to do deliberate creation, but that's what it felt like. Like we were all getting ourselves into that high flying place and and then just going with it. And it was great. It was really fun. And then after that, we went down to uh, Narragansett on the shoreline to Scarborough Beach, which is a rather famous <laughs> beach in Rhode Island, and uh, hung out there for a bit. It was gorgeous. It was just a beautiful day. It was a perfect kind of a beach day. And I say that as somebody yeah. who really doesn't normally go to the beach. I'm not really a beach person normally. But even yeah. I enjoyed the beach. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Well, you went to the real beach. Rhode Island beaches. That's where it's <laughs> Yeah, that's where the real go. beaches, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's where the I beaches go beach on for miles you know. and miles and miles, right? <laughs> yeah, and it's the real ocean. I mean, and the real so, ocean. I mean, uh, I, you know, <laughs> Old Saybrook is not the ocean. So. Well, you know, it does have some... <laughs> Seaside, but anyway, I understand what you mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's okay when you're with a four-year-old. You know, oh, she, she enjoyed it nonetheless. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. We tried to go to yeah. even to Newport, but Newport had some sort of a boat show going on, so that wasn't really going to happen. I mean, we could have tried to attract uh, a parking place all we wanted to. We probably would have gotten then gotten one, but it would probably have been a while before we did. I mean, literally, it was packed wall to wall. There was no room. I don't, I don't even know how they got the cars onto the road, let alone into the parking lots. That's how crowded it was. But um, you know, that, that's <laughs> yeah. Newport. Newport's not a real big town anyway. You know, So you get a few hundred cars in there, and you, you've just created a traffic jam that won't be cleared for another six hours. <laughs> yeah, that's true, and it's such a popular place. Oh, you've yeah. got to you know, park and walk a little bit. But, yeah, I've been doing pretty good with parking places. Even even at Lenny and Joe's, we oh, spot opened up right front. You know, oh, like, nice. Especially at work, because at work they're doing construction, and so if you don't get a spot right away, you got to walk a long ways. And so I was, I was happy to get my good spots at work. And yeah, I, I think of Abraham all the time when I 
get a good parking spot. Oh yeah, so of course. Like thank you. That's right. Yeah, that's well. That's where we were taught to do it, right? That and the secret. So yeah, it, it's also uh, well. Yesterday at Newport, I, I mentioned Newport. It wouldn't have worked well. Literally, I mean, you could have attracted one, but if you did, you'd have a war with three other cars trying to get it at the same time. So you know, <laughs> you could attract it, but all of a sudden you're you're in a battle zone. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Not the best thing. Yeah, anyway, yeah, exactly. we're, we're trying to get back yeah. into it. That's why we left and went back over to Scarborough Beach. Much less crowded. It was wonderful. Um, gotcha. and, and this does Good tie into you. the topic today, as, you, as it usually does. But uh, you, you like the idea of what uh, Linda and I were talking about on Friday afternoon's podcast because we kind of c- continued uh, the discussion that we had started a week before. Um, we were talking about energy and uh, how you can play with energy and um, how you can build it in your hands and so forth. In fact, I was thinking about Mike while we were talking. I think I even referenced Mike at one point during the uh, the conversation with Linda. But uh, energy is one of the, one of those things that I have only begun to really, first of all, believe in and then appreciate in like the last five or ten years. Before that, I would have poo-pooed it. I would have said, yeah, yeah, right, okay. Now that I've experienced what it feels like and to note that I can actually feel it and even do some things with it. Now I'm a believer in it, but there was a time where I would have just like crossed my eyes and yeah, okay, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we grow I over understand. time. In fact, I was uh, I, I, was, I was having that. a conversation with my sister. My sister and my mom were in the path of Hurricane Florence uh, before it decided to go south and out through Tennessee instead of up through Virginia because my sister and my mom live on the coastline in Norfolk. So they w- they were right in the path of where the hurricane was going to go. Um, now, PJ, wow. my sister, yeah. is also a law of attraction devotee and a spirit, very spiritual person. And uh, we decided mm-hmm. between the two of us we were going to influence that storm. We, we were trying to make it dissipate. What we actually ended up doing was driving it away from Virginia entirely, which was not quite what we had in mind. But, you know, it worked out okay <laughs> for Virginia. Not so good for, you know, South Carolina and Tennessee, but it worked out great for Virginia. So, not, you know, right. it, it, was, it was a good result, just not quite the result we had in mind. But anyway, in the course of that conversation, I, I said to my sister, can you imagine me talking this way 20 years ago? And she said, I would have been flabbergasted <laughs> because mm-hmm. I just didn't talk this way. This was not my normal way of thinking about stuff. So I, I just right. marked that as a way of saying, hey, if I can develop this stuff and learn this stuff and, and come to appreciate it, I guess anybody can because I was a pretty big skeptic all those years ago. Mm-hmm. It's, it's funny how people, you know, change their perspectives on things and oh, once yeah. they learn things, they just sometimes do 180s. Yeah. You know, well, I, I was just thinking about uh, uh, what we had talked about last week, and I remembered we were going to do your numbers. Oh, that's true. That's right. We were supposed to do that, weren't we? So, well, we can do that too. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, if you want to. So yeah. let's. So how, well, all right, let's start with that, and then we'll get back to energy because I think energy is still a good topic to talk about. But um, numbers, yeah. How do I do my numbers? Okay. So first of all. The study of numerology is huge and extensive and ancient, and I don't really know all the ins and outs of it. But this gentleman by the name of Dan Millman, who was an Olympic gymnast, had a spiritual encounter and a sort of a revelation. And he came up with this book that he wrote called The Life You Were Born to Live. And in it, he presents a new number system that run side by side with numerology because it's it's all in harmony with it, but it's much more succinct. It's much more easy to get to your final results. And it's just a very easy tool that I find if you know about, you can look at your life through this tool and you can make improvements in your life and you can actually live a much happier, easier life. So he simplified if you it, basically. understand and accept it. So, what was that? He, he simplified it, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Simplified it, right. So, well, it, it, he simplified it in a way, but it's also just, like, different. Because you do different things with the numbers. But okay. so, anyway, what you do is you take your entire birth date and you add the digits individually. So, in other words... If your birthday is, say, December 1st, 
1980, you would add one plus two plus one plus one plus nine plus eight plus zero. Or if it's if you were born in 2007, you would add two plus zero plus zero plus seven plus your month and your date. Uh, all the digits are added individually. Okay. And then you come up with either one digit or most of us who were born in the 1900s or yeah, 1900s, I guess is what you say. <laughs> you would have a two digit number and you add those two digits together to get your final number or set of numbers. For the person who, whose numbers add up to say 38, then they would be a 3811 or 3811 because three plus eight equals 11. And the way you write this is if you're writing it down on a piece of paper, you would write three, eight, forward slash, one, one, or 11. Because the numbers to the right of the forward slash indicate kind of what you came here to. So one of the ways I, I look at this is, or try to explain this to people is if, if you were going to go to college earth, what do you want to study? What do you want to experience on earth? What do you want to learn how to balance in your life and feel a lot of in your life? So the numbers to the right of the forward slash are what you kind of came here to major in, and the ones on the left are what you came here to minor in. Hmm. Although nowadays, because kids are born in 2000, kids are getting just one number, one digit. I know a teenager who was born in the year 2000, and the only number she is is eight. She's just an eight. So they're just working on that one number. Now, just like when you go to college, you have to take all these liberal arts courses and you have to take all the courses that they tell you you got to take. Every digit from zero to nine represents certain issues, and we all have to work on all of those issues. But the way he describes it is the numbers that correlate to your birthday are the ones that you specifically chose to work on while you were here. So those are often the ones that are the hardest for us. They're the ones that stand out in our lives. And if you focus on those issues, and if you really balance those issues in your life and make those issues work for you in your life, then everything seems to fall into place. And boy, oh boy, well, when I learned this and applied it in my life, it helped me be so much happier and so much more content and have things work out for me so much better than before I understood this. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, all right. Then I'm, I'm willing to give it a shot. I'm, I'm now much more open to this kind of thing than I used to be. So the, you, your timing is good. You know? <laughs> Great. Um, okay. And it's just a tool, like I said, so you can take it or leave it, you know, but uh, try it. I say try it. I say, you know, if you're having a problem in your life or you have an argument with somebody or whatever, look at look at this problem or your life through the, through the lens of this this number and and see what happens. Okay, okay, so let's do your numbers. Okay. So let's take your birth date. So now I get to announce to the world so you, what my birth date is. Okay. So my birth date is May well, 4th, 1957. You can, if you don't want to, you can just do all the math yourself and tell me what the final number is. So it's up to you. Oh, well, I think it'll add up to 31. Okay. So if it all adds up to 31, then you're a 31-4 is what we would call it. 31-4. Okay. Okay. So like I said, each digit from 0 to 9 represents certain issues. So... I'll go through the whole list of issues, uh, and then we'll talk about your issues. Okay. Specifically. Okay. So in case people are listening and want to do this, they can do the math themselves and they can write down, basically, I'm going to give them, uh, three, two or three words that go with each number, and then I'll go into the details for your specific number. Okay. Okay. So the zero, kind of intensifies the other numbers or magnifies the other numbers and represents uh, intuition and internal gifts like your, um, like ma mainly like intuition. The one is about creativity 
confidence, and unity. Number okay. two is called cooperation, balance, and diplomacy. Now, let me just clarify something. The first two numbers, I'm, the first two words I'm going to tell you, for example, creativity and confidence for the one, cooperation and balance for the two, those are the two words that come directly from Dan Millman. The third word, if I give you a third word, that comes from numerology. Mm, okay. Okay? All right. So the two is cooperation, balance, and diplomacy. Three is expression and sensitivity and communication. Okay. The four is service. I'm sorry, uh, process and stability. And the third word is service. Process, stability, and service. Yep. Okay. The, the five is freedom and discipline. And the third word for the five is change. Okay. The six is vision and acceptance. Usually meaning like high vision. And the third word for the six is nurturing. Okay. That was like high vision and acceptance and nurturing for the six. All right. For the seven, it's trust and openness. And the, and the third word is mysticism. The seven. Interesting combination. They're like, ooh, yeah, the witches. And <laughs> Trust and mysticism in the same combination. I like it. <laughs> you know, people who are really spiritual or on a really serious spiritual path, they're often uh, a seven also. Okay. So that's kind of what that refers to. The eight is abundance and power. And the numerology word for the eight is uh, manifestation. Okay. You know what that word means, Walt. Yeah, we know a little <laughs> bit about that on LOA today. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. And the nine is wisdom and integrity. And the third word is humanitarianism. Okay. And it said that people on the eight and the that people on the eight and the nine last path are here to teach others through their either their powers of uh, of uh, abundance and manifestation or through their wisdom and integrity. Okay. So let's see. You're a thirty-one four. Right. So let's take the three. The three is expression and sensitivity and communication. Well, it's really great that you're doing a podcast. Yeah, how about you that? You are communicating. Yeah. Yeah. So that's wonderful. And you're writing books. That's great. I find a lot of people who are artists are on the three life path. Because what is art? Art's a vehicle and product of human expression. You know, it's like expressing yourself is all about the art. And so the three tends to be a lot of times, but not always, people who are on the three life path because they're expressing themselves. So the trick with the people who are on the three life path, as he calls it, is to understand how you feel about things, to really get in touch with your true, deepest inner feelings about things and be able to explain them to others or share them with others in a way that works for you and works for the other people, works for the whole world, really. Because all of these issues, all of these numbers, they have to be in harmony. We have to live in harmony with each other. You know, one of the things that people don't realize is, a lot of people don't realize, is that we're not separate from each other. We're not separate from anything, really. We're all connected. And so when we live in harmony, things work out much better for us and for everybody. Mm -hmm. 
And so this is, you'll see this very much so when you're looking at the numbers and, and focusing on them and focusing on your issues. So when you're in communication with somebody else and you're trying to explain something to them, you want it, you want to explain something and explain how you feel in a way that they can understand, in a way that they can accept. Which is very important, no doubt. Absolutely. For example, I had a friend who would, he, he, when he talked, he would get really so angry sometimes. He would get up and stand up and start gyrating and flailing his arms about and yelling. And one time I, I said to him, look, if people can't hear what you're trying to say when you yell like that because they're afraid. You, you have to calm down and mm-hmm. speak much more calmly and then they can hear you. They can understand what you're saying and then they can really, you know, get what you're trying to say, not just be afraid of you. So so he had to change the way he was talking so that his his three was in better balance and other people could could really get his message. I understand exactly where he's coming from too. I've been through the same kind of thing. There you go. See you Mm -hmm. learned it. Mm And now you're better for it. So that's the three. Um, I find sometimes, especially guys, sometimes they're super sensitive. Super, super sensitive. And then sometimes people are not at all sensitive. So you can, you got to find that balance. You know, if you're, if you're a person who's on the three life path and you are super, super, super sensitive, you've got to realize you got to turn your knob back a little bit. It's kind of like a, think of like a radio dial where your knob is either off or on. You've got to find that middle ground, you know, not too high, not too low. You've got to find the middle ground. Yep. I agree with that. That's, that's my experience. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's so true. And people don't realize it. People just, sometimes people will say, well, I'm just so sensitive. You know, and like, well, you need to learn how to be maybe not so sensitive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've got to learn how to tweak it a little bit. There is such a thing as being oversensitive. Absolutely. It really does exist. Yeah. So that's the three. Any questions or anything you want to? Not so far. I'm still. More. I mean, I'm, I'm right now. We're going through all the stuff so that you're you're basically defining our terminology. Once we've done all that, then I'll probably have some questions about how it all ties together. But so far, so good. Okay, cool. Alrighty. So, and we should invite our listeners to call in if you want to talk about your numbers too. I, I invite yeah, you sure. to do that. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Uh, in fact, uh, yeah. if you're listening, you're probably listening on the homepage right now. So all you got to do is scroll down and you'll see instructions on how to either call in or use a Zoom platform to connect to us. But either way, we'd love to talk with you. There you go. All right, good. And I'm sure you're going to tell us later uh, how to do all those things, too, and how to find us on the Internet at LOA Today and all that. Oh, yeah, we'll do the whole PR That's thing in, in, in a little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, good. Alrighty, so let's talk about your one. Okay. The one is creativity and confidence and unity. So I I don't really um I don't really delve too much on these two because people know so much about creativity and confidence. And, you know, I don't really have to really expand upon that too much. But what I do say to people is if you're on the one life path and you're not being creative in some way then you need to find a way to be creative. And you might be being creative in a way that you don't even realize. Yeah, I think that's more so, likely. Yeah, so be aware of that. But you know what? Well, I meet a lot of people and I say, so how how are you creative? You know, in what ways are you creative? And they think about it and they go, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not creative at all. And I go, well, I bet you are. You just got to <laughs> find how you are. And expand I, upon that. Do something, you know? Take, I had, I had take a painting or something. I had an experience with that when I was uh, in my 20s, late 20s, early 30s. Um, well, first of all, I had played a lot of music when I was much younger, so I did have a creative side. But I didn't think of myself as being particularly creative. I kind of assumed creativity meant that you were, like in, in the world of music, you were a composer and you were writing, you know, symphonies and and uh, pop songs and things like that. And my, my pop songs weren't all that poppy. So <laughs> I kind of dis- <laughs> I discounted the idea that I had creativity. But I ended up getting work at an advertising agency, uh, and I got in primarily on my strength in using computers. But after I got hired, um, the guy who was the creative director told me that one of the main reasons he hired me was because he saw that I was a creative person. 
And when I said, when he said that, I kind of looked at him cross-eyed and, and basically said, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, in the course of working for that agency, he helped bring that creativity out of me. And he showed me how I was a creative person in ways that I hadn't been aware of. So I, I mentioned that simply as kind of a reinforcement of what you said, that people who are creative don't always know that they're creative. And I did learn that later right. on. I did learn that I was creative. Um, it just wasn't something that I really had previously associated with myself. That's all. Yep. Yep. That's great. And, and that's a sign of a great leader is somebody who helps others to be their best and brings out the best in other people. You know, that's great that you're fortunate that he was there for you like that. Interesting too, that it's paired with confidence because confidence is something that I always struggled for. And mm-hmm. it, it even the, the struggle even goes to this day in some ways. I mean, most people I talk with or know, you know, will say to me, well, gee, you seem very confident. And I'll always say thank you to that because I've worked very hard at it. But honestly, <laughs> deep down inside, no, there's a big chunk of me that's not all that confident at all. And I'm still developing it. I'm still learning how to do it. I'm still getting there, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. Well, that's, well, that's good that you recognize it and it's good that you're working on it. Yeah. And so now you can understand maybe why it's such a challenge for you because you, you came here to learn that and experience that. So, um, so that's okay. It's okay that you're not great at it right now. You know, you're going to continue to continue to work on it. I, I guess another way to say it is it I've, I've, gotten, I've gotten a lot better at it than I was. So I'm actually, you know, quite, quite a ways along that path, so to speak. Right, right. And the trick is, again, to keep it all in balance Mm -hmm. because you don't want to go from one extreme to the other. You got to, you know, keep it, keep it in balance so that people will, will not, you kind of almost don't even want people to notice it because it's so balanced. You know what I'm saying by that? Oh, yeah. 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 Actually, the idea of, I mean, I, we've all known people who were super confident. I've known some and I couldn't identify with them, to be perfectly honest. I, I just couldn't, I mean, when I say I couldn't identify with them, I didn't understand what it was to be them. I mean, the way that they interacted with the world just seemed alien to me. So, hmm. I mean, I, I don't think I have a whole lot of <laughs> danger of going there just yet because I still don't quite understand it. Um <laughs> I mean, there was one time many years ago, about the same time, actually, that I worked at the ad agency, maybe a few years before that, I knew a guy who was one of the most confident males I've ever met in my life. And he was also a bit of a jerk. But this guy, he he was successful in every aspect of his life. He had all the women he wanted. He had the best work he could possibly get. He had uh, terrific health. He had... Uh, you know, he, he he could travel anywhere he wanted to. And he was also one of the most miserable people I've ever met, which is really an interesting thing. That's why, why I say I don't totally understand people who have super high levels of self-confidence because he had it. He had it all. And yet he himself will tell you that his life wasn't all that good. And I, I don't right. get I don't well, understand Maybe he just that. presented like he had a lot of confidence and deep down he didn't. Uh, no, no, he actually did. <laughs> he had a ton of confidence. <laughs> He he had okay. a ton of confidence. He 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 was a, not only a womanizer, but he was a woman magnet. I mean, literally, I, there were times where we'd go into a, a restaurant or a bar, and you know, we'd just be sitting there talking, and women would come over and hand him folded notes, folded pieces of paper, regularly. This is not like wow. an occasional thing. This was like virtually every time we went out. So he just exuded wow. confidence, just absolutely poured out confidence. Wow. That's why I say I can't. I I wow. still to this day don't understand him. And I, I haven't talked yeah. to him in years. I haven't seen him in three decades. But, um, I mean, I, yeah. I just don't understand that personality at all. Yeah. Now, why do you say he was, um, I think you used the word jerk? Or well, he was. Like he was. I mean, let's just be perfectly honest. He, he was, he had an arrogance to him. He had, uh, he, he, he could be quite nasty if he really wanted to be. And he didn't give a damn. His confidence. See, it sounds to me like he was like overconfident. He, well, he was. Like he used his his one like a, like like egotistical. You know, if you're, Very if much, you're overconfident, yeah. sometimes it comes off like you're egotistical. Well, he used it like a weapon sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But like, he could also nice. but he could also get away with it. You know that that's the thing that was so amazing to me. How could somebody 
Because, I mean, he could also be a very nice person. But a lot of the time, mm-hmm. you know, depending on how angry he was about stuff or whatever, he would go off and he would get away with it. People would just forgive it. And I just sat there dumbfounded whenever I saw it happen. There were so many instances of it. It was really bizarre. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. That's why I say I don't yeah, understand. I can't explain the guy at all. I, I really have never understood how he could be who he yeah. was, but he was. Yeah. See, now, when you do somebody, so so when you have a situation like that, if you do their numbers, a lot of times you'll find the root cause. It, maybe it was power. Maybe he was, uh, maybe he know. had an eight and his power was out of balance. Yeah, or possibly. maybe it was the one that was out of balance and it's, maybe his confidence was too high or something like that. And so when you know somebody's numbers, a lot of times it helps you to understand that person. Hmm. And for me, what it does is it helps me to understand what their what their challenges are. So it actually helps me be able to accept and love other people a lot easier. Believe it or not. Okay. So that's just, you know, that's that's just a, a tool that another way actually that I like I use that tool is the number tool is to, to understand people better and be able to accept them for who they are. And it's just easier to, especially when you do it with your siblings or your parents or your kids, it's really helpful. Well, I know my sister did it with me, I so I, I, it's not like I haven't been through this before. I didn't remember what my numbers were, but I remember my sister uh, calculated them and was telling me about them one time using the more traditional numerology. And this was back in my, my days when I would have been skeptical of any of this stuff. So I couldn't even tell you what she said. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting when you talk about it with other people. Yeah. Mm. So let's see, that's the three and the one mm-hmm. and we can do the four. Now the four is stability and process and service. So uh, I find that a lot of people who are on the four life path, when they are in service to other people, are very content and happy and they feel good about what they're doing. And I think, you know, that's, that's true for a lot of people that when you are helping somebody else and you're in service to somebody else, you feel good. But for the people on the four life path, it's especially, um, true. Well, I can understand that. So, I mean, just because of doing the podcast. Yeah. I've mentioned numerous yeah. times how the podcast, I finally found my passion in life. It was doing the podcast. I didn't have it, a passion for the first, you know, 50 years or something like that. And to found doing the podcast and enjoying it, that did, that, that kind of passion was something that I've been looking for for a long time. And, and once I found it, I realized that a major reason why I like doing it is because I like the idea of other people coming along on the same journey. And it's uh-huh. just, it, it, it's appealing to me. And it, and especially in the era of all the negativity that's involved in various aspects of media, including entertainment and music and the arts and politics and news and, you know, everything that has a public face to it, so much of it is negative. I, I don't think I would be exaggerating if I said 90% of it was negative. In that environment, right. I love the idea, you're using the word service, I love the idea of providing a service in the form of a podcast that helps provide the opposite of that, to help provide a positive entertainment experience. And that does drive me. That's a big part of why I'm doing this. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, and that's, that's part of who you are is to be in service to others. So I, I totally understand that. And Mm. I, and, and I am right there alongside you. I'm not a four, but I, I can do my number. I can tell you about my numbers later if you want. Mm -hmm, Sure. So that's, that's the four, you know, the four is in service. And so that's, that's great. You know, when you're doing something in service to others and you feel good, that's great. And now what, what, what's uh, the process part? Just, what's what the, what the process and stability? Those two, I'm still not really clear what it's trying to say. What's the process about? Okay. So you have a goal and you, when you're on the four life path, it's really helpful to, Identify your goal and create a, a route to get there, a plan, like a, it could be an outline, it could just be some kind of plan to get to your goal. And the thing is to break it up into little baby steps so that they're manageable and be able to follow those steps 
one by one by one to get to your desired goal. A lot of engineers are on the four life, uh, on the four life path because it's about that process. People who are um, uh, organized or they like they like to organize. You know, it's funny. I was doing my cousin's numbers and she had a double four. And the four is, you know, what we're talking about. And I said, what do you do? Oh, I'm a professional organizer. <laughs> and I laughed so hard. I was like, oh, that's great. You're doing exactly what you should be doing because <laughs> you're really good at that. <laughs> so, yeah, it's about being organized, following a plan, making lists. Um, here's an example of something that occurred to me in my lifetime with one of my kids who happens to be a four, he's the same numbers as you actually. And a lot of people in the four, they don't have patience. They want to just get to the end result right now. They don't want to wait. They don't want to follow steps. They just want to get there now. And I, one one morning, my, the, the child of mine who's a four, I said to him, could you, you know, put the orange juice away? And he said, yeah, okay. And he just threw the orange juice in the refrigerator and didn't even put the cap on it. <laughs> I was like, you know, <laughs> go put the cap on. Try it again. <laughs> right. You know, that's that's a typical four move, as I would say, because <laughs> you didn't want to follow the steps. <laughs> you know, but you, when you're on the four life path, you really got to pay attention to these things, and you've got to notice what's going on in your life that maybe you need to take more steps to improve your way of getting there and to, to make it all happen, and don't be so impatient. This is interesting to me, and the reason I say it's interesting is that my experience in life is that I have spent a lot of time on what you're calling process. And uh-huh. as Joel and I have talked about, that processing approach actually has worked against me. Um, in fact, he had been encouraging me to basically stop trying to map out all my roots and just you know, start taking steps to, to get the thing done. Don't worry about the roots so much. And indeed, mm-hmm. that, that's what I started doing um, this past December and January, you know, leading up to and including the book that we put out. I mean, we got that book out in about four months, and that was mainly because I didn't map out a whole path like I usually would. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I have to say that doing it the way he was suggesting that I do it has actually been a whole lot better because I would get wrapped up in that process. I would just get, I, I could time myself in knots doing a process. And, and that's when all the doubts would start to creep in. That's when all the, the frustrations and, oh, I'm not so sure if, the, if this is going to work and all that kind of stuff. I, I was really good at, at doing that. <laughs> and it was working against yeah. me. It wasn't until I left that behind that I actually started to make some really good improvements in my life, again, within the past year. So that, that's why I say yeah. it's interesting that, that the, this, this four life path is about process because I tried process and it really held me back. <laughs> well, but see, but how I look at that is you were probably over processing it. You were probably, you made that plan, but you, you were too, you know, maybe because of the one and your lack of confidence or maybe because you're just trying to do too many steps or make too many steps out of it. You might have been over processing it. And what Joel is telling you to do is cut back on the process. So you probably still had still had steps in your head. You were just jumping through a lot of them faster. So you you streamlined it to get to your end goal a lot quicker. Yeah, I mean, I don't, think I, I don't think I even had to follow a process at all. I mean, yeah, you're right. The steps were in my head. It, it wasn't like I had to think about them. There was no thought given to them at all. I just I just mm-hmm. knew, okay, I have to go in this direction because I just know I have to go in that direction. So I did. I didn't necessarily know how I was going mm-hmm. to do it. I hadn't mapped out the little steps, but I just knew right. that this general thing had to be the thing that happened next. And so I that, did that next. And I didn't worry about what the little steps were going to be. Yeah. So Interesting. Yeah, yeah. that is that's very interesting. It, yeah. And what's the stability? Well, hey, what, it works. So that's good. Yeah, well, yeah. And what, what's the stability part? <laughs> well, how does that fit in? So that, Stability is kind of like the opposite of change. It's like people on the four life path, they tend to want to stay home. They, if given the choice of, do you want to go out tonight or do you want to stay home? More often than not, they'll say, I would just want to stay home. Mm-hmm. Yep. They might like going, if they go on vacation, they might like to go to the same place mm-hmm. over and over and over again 
rather than always trying something new. I, I drive Louise crazy with that. <laughs> yes, that, that definitely describes me, no doubt. And in fact, that's also part of what I've been trying to practice, stepping outside my comfort zone and getting better at it, I must say. Uh, realizing yeah. that, that uh, being overly dependent upon stability is actually something that holds me back a bit. And I'm, ever, I'm always mm -hmm. better off when I'm not aiming at stability just because I get so overly stable. I understand that very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, well, you just got to remember everything in balance. Everything in balance, yeah. Well, that is true about almost everything, right. isn't it? Right. Yep. Right. So it's it's helpful to to look at that. Um, <clears throat> I'm looking at the time. Is it really eight fifty two? I tell wow. you, okay. these things fly. They just it's, fly. It's, yeah. <laughs> so let me give you a quick. I'll give you a quick synopsis of, of my numbers because I think that they would help a lot of people. Okay. And then uh, I'll turn it back over to you. So I'm a double two. I'm a 20 slash two. So that means my two is I have a double two, which makes it magnified already. And yeah. then the zero makes it really magnified. So it means I'm really working on the two. Like that's my really my main issue. And when I look at all the other numbers, I go, wow, I got to work on my six and I got to work on that. And I got to work on the four and I got to work on the three. But I really have to work on the two. And the two is about balancing your relationships. Oh. It's about how much do I work versus how much do I play? How much do I give to somebody else? How much do I do for myself? Mm. How much do I donate to that, that charity or how much do I pay my bill? You know, it's like figuring it out because most of us, Walt, most of us are good people who want to give to other people. And they want to help other people. They want to do for other people, most of us, to mm -hmm. some degree. Yeah. But the people on the life path of the two, we want to do so much for other people that we forget about taking care of ourselves. We don't focus on ourselves. And we don't do enough for to take care of ourselves. And what happens is, in the long run, we wind up becoming resentful. Mm. And then we have to withdraw. Yeah. So... And this is how I screwed up my marriage because I didn't do the things that I needed to do for myself. I didn't take care of myself enough. That's true. And I, I mean, just kept doing, 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 you know, especially as a mother, you do for your family, you do for your husband, you do for your kids, you know, and who's doing for me. And then all of a sudden I get to one day, I'm like, man, I got to take care of me. Mm -hmm. So if you're on a two life path, remember, you got to take care of yourself first. And then you can take care of everybody else in equal measure. Yeah, it's true for everybody because until you love yourself, you really can't love anybody else. I like the way Abraham describes that. You can't really help yeah. somebody else unless you have something to give them. And you can't have anything to give them unless you already have it yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Really it's so it. true. Yep. So you've had lots of opportunity to practice being a two. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we could do five shows just on that. We could that, do five so. on that? Okay. <laughs> I'll just end it right there. <laughs> Enough said. You don't even Got want it. to know. <laughs> Enough said, right. <laughs> Let well, me say I'm doing better, Walt. I'm doing better. <laughs> by, by the time you're done, you, you'll be able to write a very authoritative book on the subject. No one will be able to top it because you will be the master of it. <laughs> it could be. I, I, you know, I wish people would embrace this because it really is very helpful. And my spouse and I, we, we, we call out each other when our numbers are out of balance. <laughs> he sees my two out of balance. He'll say, Hey, your two's out of whack or Hey, your two's <laughs> out of balance. And I know right away what he, what he's trying to say. So I correct myself or I, I reassess what I'm doing. And it's not so painful because it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's just a number. So, even though it relates to something else, it's, it's easier to take it. So we, we, we keep each other in check that way. Well, it, it reminds me of the mirror exercises I was doing earlier this spring and into the summer, uh, in which basically with mirror exercises, every day you look in the mirror and you tell yourself that you love yourself and all the things that are going well in your life and why you're such a great person. You're building yourself up, so to speak. And it, occurs, mm -hmm. it, it occurred to me while I was doing that that I was probably not the only person in the world who needed that. But I really was appreciating that I was doing it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, we all need to do that uh, a lot. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And, yeah, in fact, I have a mirror in my house, and I have a Louise Hay 
thing next to it from one of her daily calendars. Uh, and it says, every time I pass a mirror today, I say, I love you. I really love you. Oh, uh, yeah. There you you know, we do. Yeah. We need to love ourselves a lot more. Yep. Certainly does right strike now, I love you, Walt. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I love you, too. Yes. And we love our well, listeners, too. I should really take a moment to, to say how much we love the listeners and to encourage our listeners to also become more regular listeners, especially if this is one of the first podcasts that you've listened to. We want you to subscribe so you get all the episodes coming right to your smartphone or your tablet or whatever device you use. Um, as usual, I will direct you to our homepage, which has been updated recently to make things a little bit easier to use. Um, but it has all the instructions on how to hook in, so to speak, how to subscribe and get the, the episodes coming right to your phone. It's particularly been updated for iPhone users so that it, it really now it's down to two clicks. You click the icon on the homepage, the little purple podcast icon, and then you click on the subscribe button that, that shows up next. And bam, you're subscribed. That's about as easy as we've been able to make it so far. Android side's not quite as easy yet, but uh, we're, we're working on that. We're getting closer and closer to that being a two a two-step process. Eventually, I want it to be a one-step process, but we're a little ways away from that. The technology hasn't caught up yet. But anyway, please do become a subscriber because our subscribers, well, first of all, they're they're wonderful people. We love them. We love hearing from them. We get all kinds of interesting messages about what they're doing and how they're using the law of attraction in their lives. And, and sometimes they call in and they share their stories. I mean, it's great. We have, we have really, really great listeners, and we're hoping that you become one of them. Also, for our existing listeners, we want you to continue doing doing what we've been asking for for the past few months now, about a month and a half, it's really paying off. More and more people are finding LOA today. More and more people are getting their daily dose of happy, and it's all because you're putting out there on your favorite social media channels something to the effect that you're listening to LOAToday.net. So please keep doing it. If you haven't done it, please do it. Join the throngs because more and more people are doing it. And Anne-Marie, I tell you, the number of plays per day has doubled in the last month and a half. That's how much of an impact it's had. Nice. Yeah. Wow. It's really something. So That's we want great. to continue that trend. Absolutely. And then finally, you know, give us a call sometime. It, we have been getting a few more calls. In fact, interesting story, Anne-Marie. I have a new Monday morning co-host. Normally it was Tom Wells yeah. doing Monday and Friday with me. Now, Tom's going to yeah. continue to do the Friday podcast. But tomorrow morning, Louis D'Souza is going to be my new co-host. And he's a listener who called in to one of our shows. Yeah. That's how he got started. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. you never know what's going to happen if you call show. in. You yeah, did. Okay. that was fun. Yeah, well, it's going to be even more terrific. fun. I mean, this is going to be a whole new adventure. I, I have to do a shout out to him and an apology, too, because I was supposed to do a Skype call with him today to kind of uh, go over his things and answer his questions. And Louise and I got in so late last night, I blew it off. I just slept right through it. So apologies to you. Oh. But, <laughs> but we will definitely catch up and we'll get things going before we do the podcast. So it, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, it's all good. That's what I say. Well, we're all in this together, and it's all good. It is. And as Wendy likes to say, everything is always working out for us. Yes, it is. <laughs> you know, it's funny. There's so many Abraham listeners now. It's it's great. Like, I say that all the time. I say, everything's working out for me. I've included everything's it in mine. always working out for me. Yeah. You know, no matter what it looks like, it's working out for me. So you just got to find the blessing in something that doesn't necessarily look so good. Yep. you got to find the blessing for in it, and you'll find it. Well, that's where I've been using it, too. I, like, if there have been times where I've been a little bit lower energy than I wanted to be, I, that's when I'll start reminding myself, everything's always working out for me. And then I'll kind of take that mm -hmm. to an upward path to get back to that better feeling place. So I'm with you. Yeah, I've been using yep. it, too. Thank you, Wendy Dillard. Good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, All right. Well, thank you so much, Walt. Yeah, we never got through to, to really talk about energy directly, so I guess we'll have to reserve that again for next week. I'll have to rename the show and all that. But uh, this was this is interesting. Thanks oh, for yeah. sharing the whole numerology thing. That's right. D yes, you're welcome. I think I'm going to give a class on it at the Buttonwood Tree one of these days. Yeah, you should. You did a good job presenting it. Yeah. So with oh, that in mind, um, I look forward to talking to you again next week. Yes. And we will see you thank all you. as well, I, I all of our too. listeners. Okay, great. And I, I, we will see all of our listeners. Everybody, I hope, I hope everybody week. comes back, to, not just next week, but every time that we do a podcast here on LOA Today. Goodbye, yep. everybody. That's right. Tomorrow morning, 8 o'clock. Yeah, 8 o'clock. There it is. <laughs>